0: And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. Mark, chapter 12, verse 41. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. There's something to me that really caught me this week in this image of Jesus sitting opposite the treasury, just watching people put their offerings in. Um... It's, it's a sort of awkward setup to be just watching people giving. And it's manifest that Jesus is unimpressed by dollar amounts. Dollar amounts mean nothing to him. What counts in his eyes is the proportion of the gift to one's own means. The rich folk gave big dollars to the church, but Jesus points out that it wasn't removing any luxury from their life. It was just out of superabundance a tiny percent of their income. And then the poor widow gives a few bucks, but it was a 100% of her income, and she's praised for it. This event in the life of Christ teaches us that we don't give money uh, to the church according to the dollar amount or what we have at hand or what we perceive the church to really need. We give as an issue of our discipleship. It's in proportion to our own setting and our own means each of us in our individual station. And the widow gave away money that she could have used, actually needed to use, to sustain her daily life, very much in imitation of the faithful widow that we heard. Did you catch that pairing in the lectionary? 800 years prior, when a prophet of God said, give me that last thing that you need to live on and see what God does for you. Just like the widow 800 years before, the widow that Jesus has his eyes on is throwing her entire life into God's hands. She is placing herself entirely at his mercy, trusting that her invisible Father in heaven will provide for her, as he provides for all the creatures of the earth. The woman, the widow, um, would be chastised by prudence and wisdom, but she's praised by Jesus to give one's means back to God, even to such a degree that it makes making ends meet more difficult, is actually a cardinal way we can um, enflesh and demonstrate our faith that our Heavenly Father will provide for us, that we are, none of us are self-made men or women. Every one of us is a dependent on our Heavenly Father. And it seems to be the case in the lives of the saints that the more we grow in our faith, the more, by proportion, we'll give away to church and to charity. And the inverse is true, that as a spiritual discipline, the more we intentionally give away to church and charity, that's what the offering box of the temple would have been used for, the sustenance of the temple administration, and also alms to the other poor in the temple. The more we concretely do it as a discipline, the more we are actually putting our eggs in the basket of the unseen. And that act strengthens faith. Faith and acts and deeds of faith work in this synergistic dynamic. And it is wild that Jesus anchors this on the sort of most extreme case, right, of a woman who gives 100% of her living income back to God. It's reckless but it, and confounding on the face of it, but it's held up as a model and so I want to say two things about, about that, that, that model of 100% giving. The first is just a practical note in terms of gathering the full witness of Scripture together, that it's significant that she was a widow, um, that she doesn't have dependents to take care of. If you have children or a spouse who rely on you for food and shelter and utilities in a the vehicle, then the challenge of giving 100% isn't on your doorstep right now. That's what it says in St. Paul's letter to Timothy, that taking financial care of your family is a Christian duty. But the principle stands anchored to the extreme case that our giving is a pleasing aroma to God according to its proportion to our means. And I would invite you to remember too that with all spiritual disciplines, it's pride that wants to sort of leap for the giant act. It's like, I'm going to fast for a week. Right? That's pride. Humility says, no, I'm going to take this on incrementally according to my present station and acknowledging my own weakness. And so I would invite you in hearing sort of the radical example of the widow today. Um, to, and especially, I wrote about um, our budget and our stewardship and the stuff, and you'll be hearing more about that too, but in next week. But to think about, just to do the math of, okay, what percent did I give in this last year to church and charity combined according to my income? Can I increase that a half or 1% in the year ahead? Um, And this is not just a cryptic way to say, please give more money to the budget, we're hurting. It looks like the budget's going to balance next year, thanks be to God. Um, It's not actually about that at all. It's not a cryptic, this is not a cryptic cover. It's for our own discipleship's sake. That's what Jesus is putting forward. And test me in that. Don't give it to the church, give it to some charity. See, test that I'm not bluffing on that front But I'd encourage you to increase by a a percent what you give away. Okay, so that's the practical thought. Um, The other thing is a spiritual thought about um, this widow who gives 100%. It's significant that if we remember that this reading comes from Mark chapter 12, so this, in the very week when Jesus comments on this, that very week, he himself is going to die on the cross. And so what he's pointing out, I think, is a picture, sort of a, a, a parable of his own giving back to the Father. Right? Here's this widow giving everything she has, everything she has to live on. Right? I wonder if Jesus wasn't sort of encouraged in his human nature to see, yes, several days ahead of him is, t- is the invitation for total self-offering back to the Father. It, as, I hear, as I hear in the Gospel, it almost seems like Jesus is catching his breath because he says it twice. She gave away all she had, all she had to live on. He's refreshed by this image, it seems like. Because Jesus also will hold nothing back. He will give the entirety of his humanity, his whole body and soul and mind and his whole divinity. He offers both his humanity and his divinity in total sacrifice to God the Father. On the cross, he gives his body to torture. He gives his soul to the anguish of being forsaken by the Father with whom he's enjoyed eternal intimacy. He'll give every drop of blood in his body to atone for my sins and your sins and the sins of the whole world. I, I was freshly struck too hearing in Hebrews when the writer says, he speaks about the priests of the old covenant and he, it says, he, who enter into the holy places every year with blood not his own. Right, this sort of subtle and but strong comparison and contrast between the priests of the old covenant and the priests, the priest singular of the new, Jesus, that they stood on earth and offered the body and blood of animals to God, but Christ now stands in heaven and presents His resurrected body and blood. Right, it, He has eternal blood that is now eternally present and perpetually present to God the Father, who is offering blood that is His own. It was blood that was poured out on the cross once and for all. But it's blood in his resurrected body that is eternally standing before the Father in heaven. He's forever presenting what he offered on the cross. It even struck me, why, does, why did the Spirit inspire St. Mark to be so specific about the offering? Two copper coins that, that make up a penny. And it struck me that there's a parallel here in Christ's own self-offering that he In himself is two full and perfect natures, fully human and fully divine, united in one person. Two copper coins make a penny, two natures make up the one Christ Jesus, placed in the eternal offering box of heaven. And we receive his offering, we're the beneficiaries, just as the offerings to the temple led to the spiritual and material benefit of all Israel. Jesus' offering of himself leads to the spiritual and material benefit of all Israel. Spiritual in our spiritual blessings now, material in that these bodies also will be raised from the dead on the last day. We receive this as a gift from Him, unearned, undeserved. We receive it even when we are ungrateful or ignorant. And as we receive it, to the degree that we receive the gift, We're united to Christ by faith. And as the head, so the body, he is day by day, percent by percent, shaping us to offer ourselves fully to God the Father. And the hope is actually, the way that Christians used to talk about dying, was that then you could actually, by faith and with prayer, offer your very death as your sort of final offering and full offering of yourself to God that we, like Christ, like the widow who is a figure for Christ in this gospel reading, might be equipped to give ourselves entirely back to God. Amen.